0: Good morning. I said good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. We're so glad that you are with us in the house, those of you online, those of you at East, and uh, we'll greet everybody in a moment. Let's go ahead and stand up together uh, if we could, and we're going to pray. How many of you know that we need to pray? And um, let's pray strong today. I believe something happens today, not just for you because you're in the house, but as a result of God's people gathering on the Lord's day, in the Lord's house. I believe that that is a powerful thing. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for this day. Thank you for the freedom that we do have to come and to be in this house. Lord, I thank you for those that are at home. I thank you, Lord, for anyone in any setting today. Lord, we're, we're seeking you, God, and you honor that. And I pray, Lord, that as a result of this time, Lord, that you would just speak into our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you would heal us, you give us uh, your peace, Lord, that you touch a spirit, soul, body, perfect that which concerns us. And, Lord, show yourself strong on behalf of your people. And, Lord, we pray once again that when everything is said and done, we, we want that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, we want you to be pleased. We want you to be honored. And, Lord, we want that these, your people, every single one of them, would be helped today. God, help us. Help our nation. And we thank you what you're going to do in this time now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen. How about a great big welcome for our online and East Campus? So glad you all are with us today. It's going to be a good morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, I welcome all of you that are here in the house today, and I want to encourage all of you that are at home or at East, just stay really plugged in. This is, this is something powerful that happens when we gather during these times, and I believe that God is wanting to use those. Um, how many of you know we're in some pretty crazy days? And uh, here's just one for you, okay? Here's just one for you. The governor of California the other day has now said that in California, you can't sing in church. How about that one? So I say, let's sing some more today. Here so, You know, but um, there is in our world, and I hope you know this, there's a shift. There's a spiritual shift that has taken place. And so all the more reason that, and and Jesus said this, in those days when you see things like that, uh, don't let your heart be troubled. Make sure that you're putting your trust in God. And uh, God sees these days. God's good. He's got it. But there's a definite spiritual shift in our world. We're in a post-Christian uh, culture, you know, trying to do away with truth, trying to do, with, uh, do away with God's Word. And that's all to frustrate the people that are on their way to heaven, and it's also to block those who don't yet know about how to get to heaven. So we've got a job to do, and God knew which day we were born in. We were born for times like this. So we don't hide, you know? We shine. We are salt we are light, and sweetie, we are, we are sugar, amen. And um, and and let's just be real intense today, and very intentional about our our time together in God's word, amen. So we're dealing with a lot of things, macro, you know, large scale, and micro, small scale, nationally, worldwide, and then you know. Uh, Your neighborhood your street at your kitchen table you know we've got we've got all of these things going on we're still dealing with um coronavirus and all the things about all of that and i want you to know that most of the issues if not all of the issues in our day are also being politicized and weaponized and and so it's just it's difficult for us so we have to press in to the lord we, have, we do have real issues of uh, racial inequality, and, and I'm going to show you a fix for that today. Seriously, beginning with us, um, and that's conversations that we're continuing to have and something we need to be aware of, and, and just every one of us, whatever your color, whatever your background, asking God, how can, a, how can I be a part of helping and fixing this? And then we have economic fallout, one of our favorite restaurants Shut down this week, you know. Uh, there's just so many things that are going on, and people are, you know, and you see an event like that, well, what about the weeks and the months leading up to the, the stress and the worry and the concern, and there's health issues, and there's uh, not just businesses that decided we can't make it. There are families that are saying we can't make it. There are individuals that are dealing with a whole, like, can I make it, should I make it, I don't know if I want to make it, you know, and these are some desperate days, and we need We need encounters with Jesus. And I don't mean that in a religious sense. We need a real encounter with a living Savior and the difference that he can make in our life, in our outlook, in our situations, and ultimately in our destiny and eternity. Amen? Amen. So the biggest uh, thing for us to keep aware of is all problems and all solutions are, first of all, spiritual, okay? Uh, Government, politics, think tanks, whatever else are not going to solve all the problems of our world because these are problems of the human heart. There's a longing on the inside that only he can fill. And then the battle that's being waged against these things is spiritual as well. And so, but greater is he that is in us, come on, than he that is in the world. Amen. And so keep your heart gladdened in that, but realize that the approach, first approach It's not the only approach, but it has to be the first approach is for our problems and solutions. It is, first of all, spiritual. Now, I want to remind you, of course, you know that it is um, 4th of July weekend and continue to pray for our nation, continue to pray for our leaders, continue to pray for processes and, and for true justice and so forth. But I want to remind you also that we, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, Anybody? You are a citizen of heaven, okay? You are a citizen of heaven. And as so, you need to conduct yourself accordingly. So we wanna conduct ourselves according to God's word and God's standards. Let me me just show you one thing here in Titus chapter three. Watch this. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Now, the apostle Paul's writing this, and um, it's not that he's saying, Man, the government that I'm under is, is awesome, and I love it, and I'm thrilled about it. No, it was horrible. And Paul was actually being persecuted. He was in between being imprisoned just for preaching the gospel, and all of that's going on. But he says, remind the people, because this is bigger picture, y'all. This is bigger picture. Do things God's way, okay? Most people have, have collapsed their view down to the moment and to the day. Because news is constant, and we're living in news cycles. you got to back up off of that and get big picture and do things God's way. To be obedient, to be ready, to, to do whatever is good. Keep going. To slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate. These are good things, y'all. And always to be gentle toward Everyone. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, true. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Watch this though. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, come on, read it. He saved us, he saved us. He saved us. Now, I wanna go back to verse two in the uh, English Standard Version. Watch this, the very end of it. Here's, here's the cure. Here's the cure for racism. Here's the cure for your marriage. Here's the cure for so, so many things right here. Show perfect courtesy toward all people. Everybody read that with me. Show perfect courtesy toward all people. Memorize that, okay? Read it one more time with me. Show perfect courtesy toward all people. Why? Because we're citizens of heaven. We're children of God. This is how we conduct ourselves. I don't know why I only got four amens out of that. And I counted them, I counted them, amen. Can I get a better amen on this? Show perfect courtesy toward all people. Let's do this thing God's way, amen. Well, the enemy seeks to overwhelm us. He seeks to wear you down, you know what I mean? Have y'all ever been worn down before? Any of y'all have kids? Ever wear you down before? mom dad can I do this no they keep asking but my friends are and so and so and so and and their mom and then they kind of they try to wear you down well the enemy tries to wear you down too and he's trying to wear you out he's trying to break you and destroy your life I know wow that's good news today isn't it but this is this is reality but here's our solution our solution is encountering Jesus not just to be born again I hope you are, and we're going to give you an opportunity before we finish today. Not just that you've invited Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord, but we have issues going on in life, and what we need is we need an encounter with the Lord in, uh, in and for those situations. I said this last week, it's time to stop looking for something and start looking for someone. So when we have the challenges of life and the setbacks of life and the things that are scaring you or wearing you out or wearing you down, you know, we need an encounter. We need to be seeking Jesus, seeking that encounter with with him. And God is still able to do. I love this. God is still able to do what we can't. So we do have help from above. What do we do? How can we help to initiate or trigger that? Just three little points here real quick. You've got to trust. You've got to trust God. And and that means I may not have it all figured out, but I throw the lever and I decide, God, I'm believing you. God, I'm putting my trust in you. Second would be this, is that you would pray. Come on, everybody, say pray. And and you know, for prayer to work, you have to actually pray. Not just think about it, talk about it, or say, you know, we're gonna be praying. No, you have to actually pray. And you know why prayer works? Prayer works because God works, okay? So trust Pray, and then last of all, obey. Everybody say obey. And that actually means, sweetheart, that you might have to do something. You might actually have to do something. People have got this weird brand of Christianity anymore that God does it all and I don't have to do anything and I get to do what I want and he just still loves me with his incredible mercy. And if I were your dad, I'd spank your butt. I don't know if you can say butt in church, but I just did, all right? so, But that we would obey, that we would simply do what he asks us, simply do what he tells us to do or to not to do. Amen. Well, life is a path, and we're all on a path. And, you know, with decades of ministry now and then decades of just living the Christian life, I believe that there's always a path from where you are, okay? So, if you got, for example, a diagnosis or you have a situation come up, a crisis come up, a need come up, I always believe that there's a path from there that God will help you. It's a major Bible theme, you know, that he would order our steps, that he would light our path. It's part of our mission here is to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. It's all about taking steps. We're never stuck. When we're we're seeking God, when God is with us, we're never stuck. That's never like a dead end and, well, we're, you know, we're, we're stuck up to our axle in this, you know. No, we, we, we have a way forward. Even if you're going the wrong way, God can give you steps and there is a path from where you are to a better, better, better place. So wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, Jesus is always there and he can always be found, okay? Now, I want to show you today, and we're going to go through... Uh, Mark chapter 5 today, and we're going to see some extraordinary things. But Jesus uh, encounters three different individuals in rapid order who have, they're desperate people and they have drastic, big time crisis going on in their life. And, you know, sometimes as a leader and as a minister, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, so many things going on, and you start to feel a little overwhelmed. I want you to know he never feels overwhelmed. How many of you sometimes feel overwhelmed? Okay, most of you. Thank you. Um, we feel overwhelmed sometimes. And be careful though, because you're like, oh, if one more thing happens, look at me, never say that. Never say that. Because the enemy of your soul will go, what? Just one more thing? He will go find something, okay? He will find something or someone to come and help to throw you over the edge. But you need to know wherever you feel overwhelmed, Jesus never, he never is overwhelmed. He encounters in rapid order here a man possessed by demons, it's a thing, and then a father with a dying daughter, and then a woman who has a physical condition in her body where her body will not stop bleeding. She is physically exhausted. She's exhausted all of her resources. And Jesus comes upon them one at a time and does some incredible, incredible things. Well, I want to start with the first one, and it's a man who's possessed by, by not just a demon but demons. And this is a real thing, and, and our culture is so sanitized. But there's some real situations, and, and there, it, there is real demonic uh activity that can happen now if you're a believer you don't need to be afraid that something's going to take you over oh no i watched a bad movie it's going to take me over but but listen keep your doors and windows of your soul in in good stead okay don't don't flirt a court with those those kind of things but this is a real thing that still happens in our world and it gets labeled a bunch of different things but he's possessed by demons he's lost all control he's being destroyed he's even being used to destroy himself Reality is he probably doesn't even know how did I end up in such a mess. One minute he's screaming. He's, like I said, trying to destroy himself. He's naked, he's raging. They try to chain him and put him in shackles and he has this evil supernatural strength that actually breaks those. He's unhinged in every way. So one minute that's going on and then guess what? The next minute he's sitting clothed in his right mind Having conversation, and he's grateful. Did y'all hear that? What was it? It was an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus caused that to happen. And in Mark chapter 5, then let's look at this down in verse 18. Jesus has set him free. There's a whole lot that goes on with it. You can read it, you can read it later. He has set him free. He's having this conversation he's back in his right mind y'all this is an awesome thing and he wants to go with Jesus and watch this and when he got when he Jesus got into the boat because he's leaving now he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him he said let me join the team let me go with you guys go ahead however Jesus did not permit him but said to him go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you watch this and how he had has had compassion on you go ahead and he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And watch this, and what? And all marveled. And all marveled. This is my actual prayer right now. Lord, do some things in our day that causes everybody to marvel. Amen. We need. We need God to show up and show off. There needs to be some things besides just the preacher talking or your bumper sticker. There needs to be something. I want God to show himself powerful in these days that's irrefutable for everybody to see. Amen, amen. Well, Jesus and his crew then, they load up in the boat, they cross the Sea of Galilee and they go to Capernaum and now another, another encounter happens and this is the father of uh, his daughter is dying. She's 12 years old. His name is Jairus. He's a ruler in the synagogue. He has a a good place, you know, status within the community. And when he sees Jesus, he just collapses at Jesus' feet and he pleads with Jesus. Let's, Let's pick up in verse 21 here. Mark 5, verse 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. Now watch this. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, when Jairus saw Jesus, he fell, literally in the Greek, he collapsed at his feet and begged him earnestly. Watch. Go ahead. Saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Watch his words of faith here. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And so Jesus went with him. Jesus said, let's go do it. And a great multitude, watch this, a great multitude followed him and thronged him. This word actually means to compress, to press on all sides. So Jesus was having to fight his way through the crowd. Just unreal. I mean, this is very strong language that you just cannot get around. If you were claustrophobic, don't go near this. And they were just crowding in. And then the crowd can't see what's going on, and they're wanting to get closer, and it just compresses everything all around Jesus. So Jesus is fighting his way through the crowd, but there's someone else who's got a fight going on too. There's a woman, and she is fighting the crowd to get to Jesus. Her other fight is this. She's literally fighting for her her life. So let's look at her real quick and pick up in verse 25. Are you all with me today? You're just going to see the beauty of Scripture just speak to us today. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. Go ahead. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And as I said earlier, she's exhausted. She's exhausted. You ever felt bad for a week or so? Church shall talk to me. How about you at home? Have you ever felt bad for a couple days? How many of you know it just feels good just to feel better? Amen? 12 years. 12 years just depleted and the frustration with it and then the energy loss and her health, 12 years. Not only that, she's been isolated because Levitical law said that she was considered ceremonially unclean which meant she couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't be around other people. And not just, talk about social distancing. It was not just that, but because she was ceremonially unclean, she was also to be shunned. So she is, like, totally isolated. For 12 years, y'all, 12 years. Think about that. That's first grade through 12th grade. 12 years. For some of y'all, that took, like, 15 years, but... but. (laughs) That's four times through college. That is, here's another perspective. That is at least half of her adult life because life expectancy at that time for a woman was only about 40 years. And for 12 years, she's isolated and and exhausted. And then due to the fact of her condition, and then also the fact that she's a woman, she had no recourse and she had no social status exhausted physically she's tried everything she spent everything that she has and then guess what she's no better she's worse she's worse pick up in verse 27 and when she heard about jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment and this word touch actually means to attach so this wasn't just brushing by or just a tap she she attached it's like a connection Think of the idea of a, a, a jumper cable, that, that grip. Touched his garment, for she said, everybody say, she said. And look at her words of faith. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, come on, everybody say immediately. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. How did this happen? An encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. Now look at this. She heard about Jesus, and because of what she heard about Jesus, she responded to this. She trusted this. She acted on this, and she spoke, and she spoke faith. I mean, the words she spoke, and and I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about this in a few moments. You need to watch your words. A lot of your words are blocking your real encounter with Jesus. And she spoke words of faith because of what she heard. How does faith come, anybody know? By hearing, by hearing. and hearing by what? The word. the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so our words are gonna kind of reflect God's word. That's why she said what she said. If I can only touch the hem of his garment because she heard actively present that time, you know, what Jesus could do. And we need to hear that again. That's why there's such a spiritual effort against God's word, to minimize God's word, to to dilute God's word, for us to lose hope and trust in God's word. And I want you to stir yourself back up and no matter what the world says, take God at his word and take God at his ability. Amen. So she heard, she spoke words that were faith. She pressed through, she touched, and immediately, and I can't explain it, neither can you, she was healed. And here's, here's what, I, what I imagine, though. It's her simple faith and his power get connected. He has the power, and it's her simple faith. This wasn't, this wasn't complex at all. Simple faith his power, and something miraculous takes place. And so what we have to do is have some trust in his power, have some simple faith, and then do what we know to do to connect. And her encounter with Jesus changed everything. Look, look, let's continue on in verse 30 here. And Jesus immediately, now immediately she's healed, and now immediately, knowing in himself that power has gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, "'Who touched my clothes?' Go ahead. And his disciples said to him, in all due respect, sir, what do you mean who touched you? No, they said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Go ahead. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She said, it was me, it was me. And here's, here's my story, it's me. Her encounter with Jesus, changed everything. Jesus' power went into her. He felt that power go out of him. How many of you know she wasn't the first person that touched him that day? But the difference was that simple faith that attached to Jesus, the encounter of simple faith in his power caused something unexplainable that no one else could help with, caused that to come to pass. An encounter with Jesus can change everything. Can everybody say amen on that? Can do it. Can do it. And it changed, I mean, literally everything. Levitical law even said because she was ceremonially unclean, she wasn't allowed to go to the temple to worship God for 12 years. And now suddenly, where is she? She is face to face with the Son of God. Levitical law also said this, that if she were to touch a person, and in this case, touch Jesus, he now would also be unclean. But guess what? The opposite happens. The power of God reverses that. He's not unclean, and now she is clean. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. How many many of you know she didn't just bob her head and go home? I think she made some noise on that day, amen? Now, here's a beautiful verse, Mark 5, verse 34, watch this. And he said to her, daughter, I, I was reading this the other day, and I just choked up on this with this realization. For 12 years, she's been isolated and shunned. It's likely hardly anyone's even talked to her, let alone speak kindly and warmly to her. And then the power and the symbolism of him calling her daughter, daughter of Abraham, child of faith, family of God, daughter. Everything has changed. Your faith, he teaches her, it was your faith that made you well. He's in essence saying, I had the power all the time I have the power all the time, but it was your faith. It was your simple words, it was your simple actions that attached to my power. It was your faith that made you well. And look at the blessing he declares. Go in peace, go in peace. And watch this, and be healed of your affliction. And the way this is phrased in the New Testament Greek, he's saying this, your suffering is forever over. My goodness. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. And then Jairus' daughter, And I won't take time to dig into this today, but you can read this later. She ends up healed. She ends up healed. Remember, Jesus is going with Jairus and the crowd, the woman with the issue of blood. And by the time that they get their word comes that she has passed. But here's the thing. She ended up healed. They said she's dead. And Jesus, and this is my paraphrase, you think she's dead, but the way I'm going to handle this, it will be as if she was just asleep. And she gets healed, and it's pretty dramatic. You should read it. Not right now, but read it later. And it ends with this. Everyone, everybody say everyone. It ends with everyone overwhelmed and totally amazed. Excuse me while I give another prayer. Lord, we need you to do some things that cause everyone to be overwhelmed and totally amazed. Y'all, it is time. It is time for a little more urgency about our faith and some simple faith that God can show himself strong, that God, I want God to show off in these days where people say there is no God. Amen. He's done it before throughout history. And let's believe him to do it in our life, through our life and the lives of the people around us. Amen. Now, let me just talk to you directly here for these last few moments here. You're on a path, you're on a path, and I hope you're on a path with the Lord, and I want you to know that Jesus can be found on your path. He can even be found on a path if you're going the wrong way or your path is headed the wrong way. You're on a wrong path. He can still find you. He is still in your path. You remember Saul persecuting and killing Christians, and Jesus blocked his path. I mean, Jesus got involved on this one and proactively knocked him down, blinded him, turned him around, and he said, you've got a higher work to do. And Jesus can do that for you if you're off course too. And so matter where you're at in your path, whatever you're dealing with, some of y'all feel like, you know, no, I'm just going to pull over to the side on my path and put it up on, on blocks. I just... You know, you just kind of lose, and you, you're discouraged or overwhelmed. Or you got too many things going on, or you just don't know what to do. And I want to tell you this morning, what you need is an encounter with Jesus. And what, what we just read about and talked about, the three encounters they had, you know, the, not every encounter is going to be as dramatic as that. But what's awesome about those being so drastic and dramatic is this. It tells us that he can handle what you need and what your situation may be. Know this, he's never overwhelmed, he's never too busy, and nothing is too hard for him. I don't think you heard me. He's never overwhelmed, he's never too busy, and nothing is too hard for him. Look at this verse. This is one of the most incredible verses in all of Scripture. Jeremiah 32, 17. The prophet is just aghast. Ah, Lord, God, God. Behold, he calls others to look. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Come on, everybody read this with me. There is nothing too hard for you. Come on, last, last line again. There is nothing too hard for you. One more time, close your eyes. I think you have it memorized, ready? One more time. There is nothing too hard for you. And see, what we've done is dumbed down our faith and we've weakened God and you need to start speaking those simple words of faith back to any situation that you have. You know, I know this is going on and I have no clue what to do about this and I'm concerned about that, but God, there is nothing too hard for you. Say it with me one more time. There is nothing too hard for you. So here's what you gotta do. You've gotta get to Jesus. Jesus. You've got to have an encounter with the Lord. You've got to look for him. You've got to press through the crowd of our day. And he, he can do what you need. You've got to stop letting doubt speak for you. See, the language of our whole culture is skeptical, rebellious, doubtful. We, no, we won't embrace truth anymore. We're tolerant of nothing, yet we say we're a tolerant culture. It's a swirling mess. And what happens then when we degrade the authority of God's word or our faith in the ability of God, then we're going to speak words that are weak and will never get us to the place of encounter with Jesus. Do not let doubt speak for you any more. Where you say, yeah, but, and what if, and my friend, and I heard. You need to zip it. And you need to speak words of there's nothing too hard for God. Amen. So stop letting doubt speak for you. And then here's the other thing. You need to get through the crowd. Don't let the crowd block you. From getting to Jesus you need to fight through that crowd what do you mean pastor culture friends mindset maybe how you were educated maybe a whole family history maybe a disappointment you had along the way where you tried to have an encounter with the Lord and it didn't turn out like you thought well you know what that's a day gone by and you need him now And one day you can ask him, why did that not happen? But friend, I would never blame God though. If there's the power of God and me having simple faith and that's what needs to connect for something incredible to happen, I'm never going to put the blame on the power of God. I probably didn't get something right. And he allows me to come back again and try. And I'm thankful that it just has to be a simple faith. And so don't let doubt speak for you. Work your way, fight your way if you have to through the crowd and get to him. Have a little more urgency. Have some simple faith. Trust, pray, obey. Have that encounter with God. Watch what God will do. And I'm telling you what, it will probably be something that will amaze you and hopefully others. And I close with this prayer again. Lord, please in our day, do some things that amaze me and amaze everyone, amen, amen. Y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Well, let's do this before we leave today. We're talking about encounters. I wanna make sure that you've had the big encounter and that is that you've opened your heart and you've received Jesus as Savior. Folks, this is no place to be on your own, okay? And the the reality is all of us have sinned. All of us have come short. We we can't get back to God on our own. But that's what Jesus came and did. And I like to put it this way. He did the heavy lifting for us. And it's just by accepting what he has done, believing what he has done, he created that bridge. He closed the gap so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. We can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And by having a relationship with our Heavenly Father, look at this. That means that one day when life is over, I'll have a home in heaven forever. And in the meantime, now, even in the crazy days on the earth, I can have help every day of my life. I can have encounters with the Lord every day of my life, and he will help us through. Amen? So I want to lead you in a prayer. Those of you watching online, those of you here, um, just pray this prayer with me. Make this a prayer out of your heart. Let's believe God today. Pray with me right now. Father God. I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus, who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you and I give myself to you. I ask you right now come into my heart, come into my life, be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. And I thank you now, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord that we can even do that? Amen, thank you, Lord. Hey, if you're here in the church and you prayed that prayer with us today, please let us know. You can text us, uh, MBC Steps at 24587. And uh, there's some information that we'll get to you right away. If you're watching online, there are a number of ways you can do that on whatever platform that you are. And uh, we just want to get information to you. We don't want anything from you. We just want to help you to to grow and to learn uh, and and progress in that walk and relationship with the Lord. Amen. Well, it has been a good morning. Pray because we got one more service, and we want to. We want to touch and help folks in, in a big, big way. Um, I don't know how many we have in this service right now. I'm just thankful that we can be in the house, and I'm thankful that we can sing. Amen. I'm also thankful that every week there's about eight, 9,000 that are online that are watching with us, and so you be praying for them uh, as well, and, um, and come every time that you can. We're going to do our very best to make this um, safe, and i uh, looking forward to the day where we can... Uh, hug and, and be all, all together. In the meantime, we're going to make the very best, and we are not complainers. We're citizens of heaven. Amen? Amen. Hey, before you leave today, if you have children in the children's ministries, you can go back out those doors and uh, make your way back and get your kids. If Otherwise, if you will please exit north or south, depending on where you parked. It's been a great morning. Thank you all for coming. Church days affect the rest of your days. Just look. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed.